What's going on everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world and then about a week later we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I, I, can, hear, I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you too. Okay. So that, that's good. So, so you might, you, since there's just the two of us, you probably won't have to use your earbuds. Yeah. So yep. we, we took them off, but it, it's, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a um, sorry about that. Um, that. It's always, it's always a cringe worthy moment whenever we go on these things only because of the technical stuff. Uh, anyway, we apologize, but I'm going to blame it on the young gun over here. He's supposed to know how to do all this stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, why, why, you know, technology, that's, that's you know, I, I, I have my, my son takes, he built my website, he takes care of all of that, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have to do any of that, but yeah, the technique, I'm just, I'm, I don't know, I do this for, you know, every week, so it's, uh, I take it for granted that, you know, because you're not on, you don't do a lot of these shows, you do a few, but you're not, you're not out there a whole lot. No, no, and, and, and whenever we are, it's always hit and miss, and, and today, thank you for the patience, I mean, uh, it's an honor to be with you guys, and and certainly with you. Um, so anyway, sorry about the uh, the mishap there, folks out there. Be patient. Give the so, old. So 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 the factory. Does that ever get old? Watching watching that, watching the rollers, the bancheros. I mean, could could you could you do that forever? You know what? It's it's really cool, and, and it doesn't. And um, every time we step into the factory, and I'm speaking for him as he's lighting a cigar right now. Um, you walk in, they get started at 6.30 in the morning, give take. Um, we get there usually around 6. You want to smoke. I mean, you walk in and it's on, right? And and you smell it and, and you feel it and you just want to do it. Uh, so it, it doesn't get old. And it was cool to see it. Obviously, that's a pre-COVID video. And it was cool to see what it was like before all the restrictions and the factories and whatnot. And we're getting back to normal now. Everybody is vaccinated and whatnot. But... Uh, it's cool to see it that way as opposed to the face shields and, and the masks and these people were sweating. It, it, it was, it was rough on them. So uh, God bless them, you know? Oh, I, I can only imagine and, I, and I've asked so many cigar manufacturers. I'm like, can we please have live cams? Like, like literally like, like during the day when I'm at work and like I said, I'm bored or whatnot, or even I'm at home, you have a, a second monitor. I would always have like rollers. Like if, if there was a live cam from a factory, I would always have that on. Like, it's just so, soothing so relaxing you get mesmerized and you're just watching it over and over and um i i love it i absolutely love watching it yeah it's it's cool they get in a rhythm sort of and some of them start rocking back and forth as they go through the motions and it's it's really neat to watch it's almost as if uh they're on automatic pilot as they're doing these things and it's it's really neat and it's such an art right it's such such an art to to be able to do that um and, and to come out with good product, it, it's very, very difficult to do. If you think about any out, out there that's a, an amateur roller knows what I'm talking about, it's very, very challenging. And, and these folks will crank out hundreds of these things in a day, and it's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. Then, then, you, then you shove a camera at them and like, hey, just don't mind me. 
just um, keep just keep my wife and I, Jessica, we were just at the uh, the JC Newman uh, factory in Tampa. Um, uh-huh. They did their, they did their, you know, they're reopened now. Beautiful, beautiful facility. So I got some footage there and, and one of their uh, machine assisted um, cigars. So I'm like, I told lady, I go, Hey, don't mind me. They just want me to get some footage. So I'm like filming it like for like six minutes. And then afterwards I'm like, Hey, she seemed kind of nervous. And uh, uh, Audrey's like, yeah, it's her first day, you know, uh, that, that we that, that on her own, you know, like I said, you know, they train for months and like, and I'm like, oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. I picked out the, the first day lady. So, oh my God. Well, I want to, first of all, happy belated birthday. You just had a birthday recently. Thursday. And, uh, yes. Oh, I, I can't tell you're somewhere between like 35 and 50. I don't know how old you are. You're, you're a good man. You're a good man. I am 55 years old right now. Uh, Get out of here. God, it's just, you know. Well, you know what? The alternative is is not a good one. So yeah. I'll take five. Um, yeah, uh, fifty five is good. I welcomed it. Yes, I I, I bet. I mean, any any day uh, uh, above ground. Um, so hey, yeah. all right. So so there there are some people that 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 may not know um, uh, about uh, Casa Cueva cigars. So we're we're gonna delve into your history. I mean. Uh, in, in a little bit. Um, some people may know you're an English teacher. Some people may or may not know you graduated law school. Um, but a lot of people may not know what that your fourth generation. Can you just take us back um, and just uh, what, what is your family history in tobacco? It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, my uh, my great grandfather immigrated from Spain. He was a farmer by trade in the northern part of Spain, Asturias. Winds up in Pinal de Rio, Cuba, familiar with the map. It's tobacco country, right? And it's the westernmost portion of the island. And uh, just by default, becomes a tobacco farmer, right? He was a farmer before in another country. Hell, pick up farming in another country. Um, and then my grandfather really did a really good job of, of building up the, the business. 59 comes, the unfortunate events, which turned out to be fortunate because I wound up being in his country afterwards. But, uh, you know... Uh, Everything gets confiscated, and in 1970, my family, uh, we all went to, to Spain. We were in Spain for a year, and I wound up in the States in 71. And uh, my father doesn't jump into tobacco right away, and one of his brothers in the early 80s decides that he and, and my dad were going to uh, open up a factory in Dominican Republic, and they did. Uh, I was in high school at the time. I think it was a junior, so it must have been 83 or so. Um and so they did. And then right after that, shortly thereafter, uh, we, we had the blessing of having Carlos Tarano sort of take a, an interest in us. And it turned out the Tarano family and the Cuevas family go back to Cuba and they've been friends for, for forever and ever. Um, and when the boom hit, Tarano really brought a lot of really cool, cool brands over to that factory that my dad and my uncle owned. So the very first Tarano's were made there. And you know, from there, Dunhill was made there, uh, Villiger at one point, Peterson of Dublin. They did have a cigar once upon a time. La, Havana. Uh, La Perla Habana. Yeah. Absolutely was made there. Uh, it was just uh, Yumuri, Vuelta Abajo. Uh, just a lot of cigars went through the boom. And it was a really cool time to to be a part of that. Um, I wasn't, believe it or not, a cigar smoker during a lot of this time. Uh Actually, my first cigar was not even a cigar that we made. I bought one at a shop, which is bizarre, but I did. Oh, that, that's what that's what I was going to ask you next. Like I said your your history of you know. Um, so, what was your first? First of all, I, I apologize. What is your son's name? I, I I should have introduced myself. 
Sorry, I'm Alec Cuevas. I'm currently the fifth generation with Casa Cuevas Cigars. All right, Alec or Alex? Alec with the C. Okay, Alec with the C. Just like just like one of the uh, the Ruben kids. Right on. You go. So, yeah. Right. So all right. So 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 your first cigar wasn't even from your from your factory. It was not my first cigar. Um, when the boom was going on and my friends were all started smoking, I, I I walked into a shop and I asked the gentleman. I go, listen, I'm a novice at this. I didn't go into the whole history of the whole nonsense of what I you know where I've been or what I've done. So uh, I smoked a Macanudo. That was my first cigar. All right. Surprise, yeah, I... but not so much a surprise. Uh, I think the Connecticut yeah. Macanudo number one seller forever, it seemed. Yeah. Uh, so my first one was a Macanudo. My second one was a Por La Rañaga. I don't even know if they make them anymore. Um, and those are the two the gentleman gave me, and I, I was I was hooked. I remember the one I was always going to at that time um, was, oh, my goodness, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Carrillo, E.P. Carrillo's... Uh, uh, La Gloria Cubana. Okay, Man, yeah. That was so sick, and I would smoke that all the time. I was never smoking anything we were making at our factory. Um, I was buying stuff, which is counterintuitive, but anyway, yeah, so, that's so, how I got so, into it. So when, when, what is your first, um, um, like, I don't know, I guess memory? What was your introduction into, like, tobacco? Really, I mean, not obviously smoking, but... When do you remember either going to the farm or, or learning that your family did tobacco? I mean, um, did you grow? I mean, that's, grow that's up on the farm? No. What, what, what would happen was I knew about the tobacco history um, because it was talked about widely within the family. Um, in the eighties, when when my junior and senior year were going on, I would go and spend my summers at the factory, and I was working. Moving bales, doing this, doing that, um, never smoking. It wasn't my thing, but I was around tobacco from the time I was about 16 when my uh, my dad and my uncle really set the thing going. And, and at one point, they did have a farm that was sold later. Uh, and ever since then, it's just been the, the factory. And now I'm 100% with my dad, as you guys know. But, uh, yeah, it's from the point of 16 to now, it's been 40 years of being around tobacco. Um, I even learned how to roll a little bit. Uh, that's a skill you got to practice a lot. So I lost that really quickly, unfortunately. Um, but I, I, I do know how difficult it is to do. So that appreciation for that art part of it really has stuck with me. But now, yeah. now, did yeah, did did you did you enjoy? I mean, because some kids would be like, you know, your dad would be like, hey. You're going to work in the oppressive heat all summer long. Uh, get the hell out of here! And then, did you resent that, or or were you at that young age? Were you were you did you understand that this you know potentially going to be a career? And did you like it, or uh, you know what? I I, I liked it. Uh, I it was never oppressive to me. Um, my my uncle always treated me, and I would spend a lot of summers with my uncle alone at the factory because my dad still had a separate business in the states. So what my dad was doing is essentially financing the operation over there. My uncle's running the factory. And then my, my dad went 100% over there in 97, I believe, when he and his partner um, sold the company and then they were done over here in the States I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Uh, it was never oppressive. It was always a really, really great time. I enjoyed it. Um, I, I have really fond memories of it. Santiago back then was not what it is now, if any of you have traveled to it. So traffic was sparse, restaurants were sparse, hotels were sparse. I wasn't staying at a hotel, but in other words, what, what has happened since 
that time and how much the city has grown was not the case back then. So I learned how to drive stick shift, for example, in Santiago. Um, and then if you have struggled with stick shift, getting out of first gear is a nightmare if you don't know how to do it. So the car turns off everywhere. I would not even dream of Santiago, right? I, I would be crucified by 88 cars coming through me and just killing me at the, uh, so it, it was a, a really, really great time to be uh, a kid, which is what I was at 16, right? Um, it, yeah. was it was phenomenal. I, I, I have great, great memories and, and I love my uncle dearly because of that. So, so Alec, what was, uh, um, wh when did, when did you, you know, are, are you spending the summers over there or were you, when you were, you know, six, 15, 16, what was your first memory of, you know, just, you know, being shipped off to. <laughs> so, um, my first memory, um, I'd be amiss telling you that I was, it was extremely young, but definitely when I was much younger than I am now, I'm currently 22 years old. Um, growing up, we would spend a lot of times in summers uh, to go visit my grandparents because, as you know, my grandfather's running the factory and whatnot. So I have a lot of memories of going to the factory to visit him nice and early in the morning. He'd give me a nice little hug and he'd tell me to go downstairs and start packaging up some cigars. And I would spend a couple hours there with the nice ladies just learning about cigars and always surrounded by the aroma. Now, I didn't start smoking cigars up until I was 17 years old. Um, to which it was all due to my grandfather. And it was actually the prototype for our Casa Cuevas Maduro. So that was the first cigar I ever smoked. But I've been surrounded by cigars similar to my father essentially my whole life. Um, what really kind of, I guess, intrigued me about it more so than not, not only was the aroma, but the history behind it, which I didn't necessarily understand or understood rather up until, well, 17, 18. So, so are you, um, uh, and, and, and both of you even, um, um, are, are you guys cigar nerds? Like, like I am a cigar nerd. I hunt out, I collect, I smoke everything. Um, we get a lot of brand owners on that they only smoke their own stuff. And, and there's nothing wrong with that if they're, you know, trying to perfect a blend. But so, so Alec is the nerd, is the cigar nerd. Definitely. Um, so the reason being was because I, I worked at this shop. It's a local shop here in Miami uh, and also located. They have another location in Fort Lauderdale known as Neptune Cigars. OK, and yeah, that was one of my first uh, introductions towards the retail aspect of cigars. So quite literally, one of my first you know, tasks at the time was to smoke cigars. I mean, smoke what they had in terms of their repertoire. And as you know, if you are familiar with Neptunes, they have an extensive. <laughs> yes. So I, I'd say, I, or rather, I'd reckon it took me about, I want to say, three and a half months to quite literally smoke every Vitola, every cigar I could find there on the shelves. And that's not even what they had on their hot table. So I've smoked a good amount of cigars, at least a lot more than my father has. And uh, I, I'm infatuated with cigars. I'm 100% I'm into it. Definitely, uh, what's the term? Cigar head. As, uh, yeah. Now, 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 Lewis, uh, um, uh, did you um, um, uh, push Alec into the retail side? Because we get a lot of like, like Jeff Borshowitz at Corona. Um, like, like, um, uh, um, like, uh, um, Bradley Rubin worked a summer there and you hear these brand owners, like they'll ship them off to Abe at smoke in or Jeff at Corona, just a, Hey, get out and get a little retail experience. Or is that just something Alec you wanted to do? Well, actually, this is a great story. And my father, <laughs> <did not. laughs> it was supposed to be my first ever actual job. So at that point in time, I was still in high school. Uh, I was, it was my later years into it. And my father brought up that the position opened up. And, uh, you know, at this point, we did have the brand for only a year. 
And he says, you know what, this is a great opportunity for you to really catch some experience and knowledge beyond just what we do at our factory, just in cigars in general um, and clientele and, you know, that whole aspect of things. Because uh, I beg to say that retail is a completely different aspect than being brand owners. In fact, I think that's it's a huge portion of the cigar world in general, just knowing that. So because of which my father mentioned it to me and for whatever reason at that point in time i thought my first job should be in the fast food industry so i <laughs> down and worked at smoothie king and now i worked at smoothie king for all of three months before i quickly regretted it um, <laughs> and i immediately just kind of resigned i put in my two weeks notice and came back home and i was like pops i said you think that position is still open and he goes we can try and sure enough um after about two weeks i managed to get the position over at neptune so it was something that initially I wasn't super gung-ho on, but then for whatever reason, I had this kind of come-to moment when I was just, it was two in the morning working at Smoothie King cleaning up, and I was like, what am I doing here? And, 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 and I've got to interject here. The, the, <laughs> that, that position opened up. If you guys are familiar with Jack Taranio, he's he's a dear, dear friend. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, and Jack's stepson had been working at Neptune's, and he had recently left that spot to become a firefighter and um he was gone so the position was open and he says to me listen that spot's open alec would be a great fit and luckily even though he dragged his butt and didn't immediately go for it when he finally decided to go and interview for the position it was still open thankfully and uh he wound up there he worked almost there a, a year the only reason he left was i needed him to come on with me to do what we're doing now uh but otherwise uh it was a great part-time gig the hours are great and the perks were phenomenal right i mean hell oh, yeah you know <laughs> you're smoking kid at a candy store yeah it was- exactly and, and alec my, my daughter she, um, uh she's tw- she'll be 25 this year her first job smoothie king so uh, uh my sister actually has a fantastic photo so she goes in there uh, to see Amber first. Of course, the first day, the whole family's got to come in. Look, Amber's <laughs> got her very first job. You know, so Amber goes to make her very first smoothie for a customer that was in front of my sister. You know, my sister Tammy's filming. Amber gets everything in there, hits the button, never put the lid on. Yeah. <laughs> so I have this fantastic photo of the, of my daughter freaking out you know and smoothie but uh but yeah she um now she's a she's an rn down there in miami cool uh, at, at a hot, or pembroke pines you know down there um so yeah it was a smooth smoothie king forces you to do something bigger <laughs> and better with your life it calls for very uh very drastic decision making when you're there on the spot that's for sure Lack exactly and she's saying that she's like 16 years old it's like midnight she's closing down like everything by and i'm like how are they letting you do this by yourself you're 16 years old that, that, oh, yes. that's what happened to this guy i mean he, he's got school and then he's getting home at you know one in the morning because he had to sweep up so i mean what is this but uh, hey it was choice right and uh you know uh, we, we all we all do what we do but ultimately he he had to come to jesus moment and he wound up uh at neptune's and here we are but it's and it's been it's been phenomenal i'm i'm, I'm getting ahead of myself but we'll go to uh, an event and people walk up to the table and they say hey tell me about your cigars and then alec will say well what do you smoke and whatever they say that they smoked or that they like there's something in a repertoire that alec can relate to and they'll have a conversation about what it is this individual likes 
and what brand they're into. And it's, it's no BS. Like the, the person saying, okay, this kid knows what he's talking about. I'll trust his judgment on this particular cigar from Cuevas fitting that flavor profile. And it's been, it's been really, really kind of a cool thing. So it's been a blessing. It worked out. Yeah. I, I think having that, that retail background, um, really helps out, you know, uh, the, the company, just having someone that was on the front lines and no, yeah. no, knows what it, you know, because it's like, like Al, he, you know, you, you get customers in all the time and that for me, that would be daunting. Hey, you know, customer asking the question I hate the most that I hate getting asked all the time. What should I smoke? Mm-hmm. I have like a little mini meltdown. I'm like, I don't know. You know, I don't know. You know, it just, they would say, well, what's your favorite cigar? I go, well, the last one I smoked is always my favorite cigar whatever, right. you know, whatever that, that one is. So, um, so yeah, Alec, I'm, I'm glad you got that, you know, and it seems like the younger generation of, of yours, like I said, the, you know, uh, Alec and, uh, Bradley Rubin, a lot of them that they, they got, they cut their teeth in the, uh, you know, in the retail side of it. So, you know, so that's all. So we, so we know how Alec got into now that the cigar business, uh, but what about you, Lewis? Uh, uh, how did you go from teacher law school graduate into, you know, wanting, you know, because because you, you look at like the um uh, the J C Newman, you got Drew. You know, Drew went and he's still on the 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 law side, chief legal counsel. Did you yeah. not want to do the lawyer a, thing? Right, Charlie Tarano also, Rocky Patel, <laughs> etc. Right. Um, yeah. So what happened to me? I'm an only child, and um, in 2009, 2007 to be exact, um, my father decides that in a couple of years. He and my uncle are going to 86 this thing, and he's coming back to the States, just retire. So in 2009, I visit him. Uh, I flew over there to the DR and I say, you know what, Pops? It, it's, it's a shame that you guys have done this, and you sort of rebuilt what my grandfather had done and, and by proxy my great-grandfather had done. I think we should give this a shot. So um, we, we flew back to the States. I flew back to the States. I told my wife about it. And, and the way my father couched it, the terms that he put it in was, you need to buy half of this. You need to have some skin in the game. So, you know, we, we, we took uh, some monies we had saved up and, and at least on paper, because it is my father and it is my company anyway, right? It's kind of silly, but even contracts are signed the whole nine, uh, where I, I just jumped into it in 2009 and I haven't looked back since. And you know what? I, I think about, I think about the the blessing that came with that, not only because I'm in this beautiful industry, but also that was a time when, when the kids had a lot of stuff going on in school. Um, my daughter was dancing ballet at a, at a school here. He was running track and cross country at another school here. Uh, my wife's a teacher. So a lot of the events she couldn't go to. And if I were working a nine to five, wherever they may be, I didn't have the free time either. Now as a self-employed man i was able to wiggle around that schedule and catch all the things that these kids did Uh, i couldn't have done that otherwise so it it was it was a blessing from both ends the the best blessing was i was able to catch these guys do all that stuff that was really really cool and the second blessing is i'm in the best industry in the world i mean this is bar none the best uh all the way around it's a phenomenal phenomenal industry Oh, I, I love it. And then uh, Alec, my son was a, a track star too. Actually, married the uh, the the head cheerleader. I got uh, two two grandkids. So yeah. So 
so yeah, the Smoothie King track. We got a, we got a lot going on here, you know, and uh, oh, and so, now we cars, right? So there we yeah. go. It, it, it's all over, and, and we have we have someone in the chat panel. I don't know if you guys know this guy. I think he has a channel. Uh, Tim is his name. Tim Long Cigar Show. Tim is uh <laughs> is, is uh is joining in tonight. I, I I figured with throwing your name out there in the cigar verse, you know, um, Tim would uh you know get get the vibes and make his way over here. Uh, and by the way, great coffee, the Turbojet coffee. I actually I got to get in contact with him. When this is over and uh, and uh, buy some of that coffee from him, he, he was kind enough to send us some some time back, and I've been remiss in not uh, reaching out. But it's amazing, it's amazing, and I'm hanging on to whatever few grains I have. The other day, I uh, I, I made some in the morning. It was I think it was Saturday morning. My wife goes, "Is this that coffee that Tim sent?" I go, "She goes, it's so good and it's phenomenal." So and it's so because I I only drink cold brew, so I don't drink hot coffee. Really? So so much caffeine. Oh my god, the caffeine in that turbo jet when you make it as a cold brew. I think it had me high for like 12 hours. There was <laughs> it was it was so good, but man, that caffeine level through the roof. So he he he's he's doing some some great coffee over there. He really, really is. He knows his stuff. So uh anyway. Hi Tim. So so um um so so your your daughter what's your daughter? Does she is she how old is your daughter? Is she gonna get in to the 21. So these guys are almost Irish twins. They're a year and 18 days apart. Um, okay. My daughter hates smoking, hates the, <laughs> hates the smell, hates it all. Um, <laughs> that, I think that answers your question. As a matter of fact, when we, uh, when we had our booth, our very first booth at IPCPR, PCA, RTDA, whatever you want to call it, in 2019, we had this beautiful standalone 600 square foot booth. And part of what I wanted, because it's a family endeavor, my wife is there because the summer she's off. She's a teacher. Obviously, we're there. And I wanted my daughter to be kind of brewing coffee, Cuban coffee for people. And then we had this image of this very pretty girl <laughs> sitting behind some coffee maker or thing, whatever, maybe a table going like, like this the entire time. And it's just not a good look for a brand, right? So, you, you know, you're walking by and somebody's going like this constantly with this face of <laughs> awful. So we left her home in Miami. But uh, she, uh, she'll she reluctantly come to events. Friday, we re we uh, celebrated my, my birthday for the second time because my birthday was Thursday at a lounge. And she went to uh, sort of humor dad a little bit. She stuck it out for about an hour and a half. And then she told my dad, who, who was there also, I got to get the hell out of here. You guys want to go home? So they, they left. She hates it. She so, so, so any, any chance of like working her into like the, the business? I mean, does she want to, you know, does she have any aspirations of just working for the company bookkeeping, doing anything else or wants to go to law school. These two graduate now in the fall, actually he's thinking about law school too, in which case I'll lose them and miss them dearly. But, uh, her, her aim always since she was a very, very little girl has been law school. So that seems to be the, the track she's taking. But listen, look where I'm at. Um, and, and I'm not sure your history, but I, 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 I'm pretty sure that when you were in high school and college, you were not saying I'm going to have any type of, I don't know, uh, part of this industry. Sometimes you just land in things and who knows? Yeah, who knows? It, it, you know that. That, that, that's what it was. I'm, I'm a mechanic by trade. That's actually still my full-time, I'm, I'm a full-time mechanic. And um, only because like I said, it's a, 
I haven't figured out how to be a millionaire in the cigar industry, but I'm pretty sure nobody else has either. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I, I'm I'm not alone on that. You know, so it's a. Uh, uh, but yeah, I fell ass backwards too. I'm smoking a cigar. I'm at my lathe one day making some parts because I don't like buying stuff. You know, my cigar rolling around. I made a little stand. You know, and then my wife Jessica, fiance. You know, um, she's like, hey, you should sell those and. Here, here we are today. I mean, just a couple of years later, it's only been a few years, three years. And I'm, I'm talking with you guys, you know, That's so really cool. You, 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 you never know. So, so how, like how many family members do you have? Is it all, you know, do you got like um, uh, cousins, aunts? I mean, is it a big family or is it, cause you said you're the only child. So big family. My, my dad comes from a family of 10 and uh, my mom is only uh has only a sister, but in the cigar industry, my cousins did it for a short time. Jenny and Betty, they are my uncle, the one that Sergio who opened up the factory with my father. Um, I still think they're delving into it a little bit, but that's it. Everyone else is doing other things. And I'm, I'm proud to say with, within our family, um, the beautiful thing about this country, right? Um, we've got, dentists we got lawyers we have engineers we've got bankers presidents of banks cpas so everybody uh everybody sort of did okay for themselves which is really really cool i'm, I'm, I'm proud of my entire uh, family really am very much so actually yeah yeah we're the same like i said we got my uh, it guy we got nurses we got construction we got you know the whole you know run, run the whole gamut of of everything yeah yeah um, so, so here's a question that, so I, I'm, I know Alec is be joining us. Hey, so it's awesome. I, lo I love having you on. So th this will be a question for both of you now. Um, we'll start with, with Lewis since you've been, been uh, doing it longer. Have, have you made any changes to, to the business? So I look at it um, like I, I, I'm a tinkerer. I, I can find, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a productivity guy. I can see where, where things even in, in multiple businesses can be improved upon did you ever like when you're starting at the factory or is like, Hey, I think I can make that better. And then you come to realize like, Oh yeah, I can't. There's a reason why they do that that way. You know, cause, cause the cigar industry is old. Everything that they do is these old techniques. And I'm often wondering, I'm like, how are we not doing anything like a little bit better, you know, but then, you know, you hear a story of why they use a Chevetta and it's like, oh, okay. So, you know, I, I can't make a tool for them because they like making their own and it works. So have you ever had those moments and then it's like it, it, it failed or this on the same note, those where you have made some improvements? Well, I, I mean, in our factory, all the stuff that deals with production, I really defer to my father and um, that he runs the factory day in and day out. He's always there. He'll stay two to three weeks at a pop. Lately, he's been coming over three weeks over there, one week over here, three weeks over there, one week over here. Um, so I, I, I haven't really done anything of that sort to change it. And, and the, the things that I have changed have been really minuscule. So if you saw the video, uh, there's T-shirts now and they're colored T-shirts. I, I thought that was important. It, it, before, it was a little helter-skelter in there. Um, it, same productivity level. But the idea of making people look a little more uniform, and obviously we provide the uniforms for them, um, yeah. that was important. Um, on the other hand, changing things outright, although I, I see things and I say, why can't this be improved via technology or whatnot? It's really cool that you can 
time travel someone, and I've said this several times, from, I don't know, early 20th century or whatever, uh, in a factory, and you shove them into my factory now by some time portal, and they were rollers there, wherever they were some time ago, and they'll know exactly what to do right now. It hasn't really changed at all. And if they're not only rolling, if they're deveining, if they're wetting the wrapper, if they are planting the tobacco, if they're curing the tobacco, if they're aging, I mean, all of it, uh, the drying rooms, it's all the same. And it's one of these industries that has not changed at all in that sense. And I think it's really kind of cool. It's very, very much an artisanal art, um, which is redundant, but it, it, <laughs> it, it, it is, you know, uh, it, it's yeah. really cool. Uh, so, no, I haven't had those epiphanies. And I think I never will. I don't think I'll ever change anything that much. Um, my dad and I have talked about things. For example, Maduro's have a tendency to come out a lot of times with different variations within the color of the wrapper. So we invested in what's essentially a huge bain Marie. It's like a steamer. Um, and, and that improvement, which, by the way, we, we got that idea from other factories, um, has been a really, really cool, I don't know, addition to our factory. Uh, it, it, it does create a uniformity within the, the color of the wrappers that normally you wouldn't get. And, and for those of you out there that aren't familiar with it, when they're color sorting, the reason you get your, your boxes of cigars and they all should all look the same is because they pick and choose. So whatever blotchy ones they may be, all the blotchy ones go together and all the uniform ones that go together, what we've aimed to do with this Bain Marie, for lack of a better term, is do exactly that. Uh, we, we try to make everything kind of the same. So that's been a new addition about three years ago. That wasn't around way back when. Uh, but otherwise, the process, it's exactly the same way it's always been, which is kind of cool. I think it's yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I like, you know, and, and for me personally, I like the modeled look of like, like some Maduros, you open up a box and each one has its own unique characteristic and it looks rustic and each one's a little bit different. So I, I love that. I love that look. Um, I was uh, hanging out um, at an event with uh, Jack Tarano and um, uh, I got a box of cigars, opened it up and, um, and it was uh, his 601. But what, and there was one, a beautiful, every cigar was, was, and there was one. That was like six shades lighter than the other one. And I'm like, I go, did I win something? You know, it's like, it's a pride. He goes, oh, hey, let me swap that out. I go, no, no, I'm never giving up this cigar. And I have it in the back of my humidor. And I'm like, I've got the only one that That's looks cool. way different from that. And, and then he's like trying to take it back and I'm slapping his hand away. I'm like, you're not getting this cigar, you know? So, so what, what about you? What about you, Alec? Um, is it is it frustrating sometimes because you're you're younger generation you're used to a faster pace, you know, uh, um, or, or you know, what I I think that's actually the very cool dynamic that I have working with my father. So my father kind of does things in his own sort of way, and then I do so in my way. Now, don't get me wrong, my father still is the president of the company, so we will talk things through and through uh, just to see what we can kind of mitigate and fix or make something more efficient. So, for example, one of the things for us happens to be uh, swag. So just recently, we kind of invested into getting actual Casa Cuevas polos. Now, that was something that we wanted to do for our brokers just to kind of give them something more than just, you know, your regular fabric T-shirt. Um, something that looks a little more formal and cordial whenever, you know, events on or little things of that nature. So I can talk in regards towards the actual brand itself, that aspect of things in terms of the factory uh, and those all my grandfather and my father. 
All right. So, so, um, uh, Lewis, uh, when you, when you came from, you know, okay. So, so the, the, the law background, were you frustrated with to, what, what I, what I like to call tobacco time, you know, like, like factory time and tobacco time and Nicaragua time and Dominican time. It's not the same as, as, as United States time. Like, like when I, when I say like, when, when I need something done, like, I, I need it done now. And then like two weeks later, like, yeah, we're, we're going to get right on that. <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, I've gotten used to it. My father was the one that would always tell me there are no emergencies in this industry. So <laughs> there are no, uh, you, you, you tell people that you got to wait, we got to wait. And it's happening to us now. Um, we, we came out with a new brand now called Patrimonio and we pre-sold the hell out of it at TPE in May. Well, I just got word that the band's, and the fillets for the boxes are not going to be ready till the first week in July, which means then that at that point, the box is going to take another two or three weeks before they're done. So we're looking end of July, first week of August. And there's not a damn thing I can do about it. Nothing. Now, all this stuff was presented way, way back. Um, cigar rings were phenomenal, phenomenal people. Uh, they, they're the ones that are on it. This is not a fly-by-night operation. They do a lot of stuff for a lot of people. They're very professional. Hey, you know what? Take your number, wait in line. It is. And there's nothing you can do about it. Um, back, back orders for us, we get frustrated. We'll be back oh, order yeah. for maybe a week or two. And I am, if I had here, I'd lose it already. I was, I was, I'm, I just go insane. So does he. I'm already a nail biter. And, 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 yeah. and, and uh, you know, you just learn that that's the way it is. And by the same token, a lot of shops, Actually, all shops that we deal with understand these things. Thank God. But you're right. I mean, everything goes at a snail's pace. It's just a different, different, I don't know, uh, mentality, the way everything functions. So, yeah, it was frustrating, and it still is sometimes. But it's the nature of the industry. What are you going to do? Exactly. Alec, is it is it more frustrating for you? Because you're, you know, you're younger. You're this, you know. We, I ordered on Amazon. There's a pretty good chance I could have it today, if not tomorrow, you know, and, and when it comes two days from now, you're like, screw it. I don't want it anymore. You know? So, so is that tough for you? It's, it's most definitely frustrating. Um, I'm currently the director of operations. So, and it, we are literally a two man team. So we're the packaging department, uh, complaints department, the accounting department where we do it all. <laughs> so if there's ever something that needs to be done, for example, uh, sometimes even getting emails over to my grandfather and getting them officially there so he knows that there's something going out, let's say for an international order, that could take close to a couple months, maybe two months, if we're fortunate, at least a month. But even then, it's time consuming. And then you're waiting there, twiddling your thumbs, not necessarily knowing what to do. And that's the anxious portion of this aspect of the whole waiting game. Uh, my dad likes to say this a lot, and um, it's actually a very funny statement, but we like to say that we're bad Cubans because we prefer to be on time with, uh, with, uh, with stuff. We tend to be uh, relatively efficient with that. Actually, as a matter of fact, my father is an extreme stickler for time. So I, it's something that I'm, I'm kind of accustomed to, to just being on time and having everything just pristine. My father's the type of person where if you have a meeting at three in the afternoon and the person hasn't called yet and it's 302, my father will immediately say something's wrong. Something must have happened. There's something <laughs> going on. And it's just like my dad said, the nature of the beast. I mean, everything is definitely slow paced and uh, albeit, I don't think it's something that you have to necessarily get used to, but it's something we have to come to appreciate just a little bit more. Not that we don't, but it's 
quite literally yeah. the industry. Uh, we got to use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Like I said, I, I'm, I'm a stickler for time. I'm a stickler for scheduling. When I first started dating Jessica, you know, um, she didn't understand. Like, like when someone says, "Hey, what time are you going to be here?" You know, I, I'll be like three seventeen. You know, that, that's what time I'll be. I know exactly how long it takes to get there. I can, can compensate for traffic. You know, it's 401. You know, I set up meetings and it's like, okay, you know, my, my dad, I, and, and my dad lives 10 minutes away from me, wanted to have lunch. It, it, it literally took my six weeks, six weeks to get in my schedule for, for lunch. Cause I wanted it to, to block out like four or five hours from my dad. And I'm, I am a scheduling, I am a time. Oh, it's just. T- time is my thing. So Lewis, I know where you're coming from on, on that one. So <laughs> exactly. So ba- a bad Cuban though. I, I didn't know Cubans were, they had oh, issues with, with time. We're always late. And I was born on the Island. I can say this. Yeah. We're always late. Um, I, I am not, my father's not, uh, I, and if I'm going to be a minute late, I'm calling you to let you know, I'm going to be a minute late. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, without a doubt. Like, 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 yeah, I'm like, you know, two minutes and you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm two minutes yeah. and I apologize. I'm, I'm two I'm minutes late. It's yeah. like, okay, parking lot kind of thing. I'll be right there. I'm walking. I mean, yeah, but I, I, you know what? I, I, I value people's time a lot. So it, it's really more so the respect I have for the other individual and the fact that they're expecting me at a certain time. Well, then I got to do my utmost to be there at that time. Right. Um, so, you know, we're the kind of we'll show up at a party sometimes and we're the first ones there. And then I wind up helping set up the damn party because everybody else is an hour later. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Same, same, same here. You know, like any anytime I tell Jessica when we got to be and I lie to her and I got to tell her we got to be there like 30 minutes beforehand, you know, because I'm like because I'm, I'm ready like two hours on my I, phone. I, just I, just just watching TikTok, you know, just waiting <laughs> for yeah. My wife is sitting here and she's listening. She started laughing. I do the same thing. Now she knows I'm lying, but <laughs> the lie, and that's okay. That extra half hour, as she knows I'm lying, that's that's part of it, right? I've been married for 26 years now, so she knows I'm lying about it. But the lie seems to work. I don't know. It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I I have to my my are, are we? I still have an alarm clock. I'm I'm an alarm clock guy. Dual alarm clocks in the bedroom, and it's set 15 minutes in the past. So so you never. It's never the right time because I just know you know it's it's got you know it's it just it's just it's just the time. So um so um you you talked earlier about all the cigars you know Tarano that used to um you guys used to make their their cigars. A lot of people don't know you. You still make you know cigars for a lot of other companies. What what are some of the companies that you guys are, are producing cigars for now? Well, as the years have gone on, I mean, it, it's waned a little bit. And and right now, we do make some stuff for General, some stuff for CI, a lot of the stuff for Gurkha, um, the Cellar Reserves, etc. We make for for Gurkha and some of the stuff. Oh, you, you you make all the Cellar Reserves except the Platinum. All of the other ones are made by us. Yes. Okay, I, I just did a whole series of reviews on all the the, the Cellar Reserve uh, perfectos. So, okay. Um, yeah, and I just want to know the difference between all of them, and um, for the most part, all all great cigars. Perfecto, though, that size is a little damn annoying. It's a uh, it's uh, when I, 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 yeah, I, I want to smoke my cigar now, not ninety <laughs> seconds from now. You know, you light the tip and you got to wait for it to burn and smoke uh, and. You gotta wait, yeah, and, and that uh, that shape was was chosen by um, by Gurkha itself, right? As a brand, so we had no say in it. They just wanted that particular shape, and and here we are. We've been making them for a while, so yeah. I mean, the bread and butter is still the factory. Um, the 
the brand itself now in its fourth year, uh, we're, we're getting some legs. We're getting some traction. We're, we're growing. But this is such a marathon of an industry, um, especially when it comes to having a, a brand. Really, really quite the, the, the lengthy. You know what? It goes hand in hand with the entire damn industry, right? Everything takes a long time. So, so does this. So th this is um, it's been a, a, a tough challenge, a fun challenge, but a tough challenge. And honestly, without the factory really backing us up financially, uh, I, I could not live off the brand alone. I, I could only do this on a part-time basis. Uh, it's it's just too difficult a task to to have this be your your be-all end-all, you know, your bread and butter. Uh, oh yeah, you know. So what, what what's your what what do you think your percentage is of what you make for other people versus Casa Cuevas branded cigars? Oh my goodness. I, I would say it's a nine eighty twenty at this point. Okay. Eighty twenty. So eighty being the other brands and twenty percent us. Um I, I am proud to say that out of the different things that we make, we make vicarious cigars out of Ohio, bow tie, uh th there's a couple of atomic cigars, little brands here and there. Um we are the second biggest consumer of the factory. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's going in the right direction, but again, it, it's a lot easier when you have a factory than, than when you don't. So a lot easier, a lot easier. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I look at people that have brands and work through factories and uh, I, I really respect them for, for the patience and the love they have for it. Uh, for me and, and for us, it's just much simpler to, to have anything pop out of the factory than it is for other folks. So the cigars are never the issue. Then the issue becomes the packaging, et cetera, et cetera. And, and that's just a waiting game. There's nothing you can do about that. Exactly. And, and you're like, like, like the, we had a John and John Oliva on, you know? Um, so, you know, same thing. Like I said, they, they make cigars for, for other people. That's what they've done forever, you know, mm -hmm. in tobacco. And they decided to come out with their Don, Dona Lydia. They have their own cigar now. What yeah. was, uh, um, uh, where, where was the thought or, or whose idea was that? Was that yours coming into the company? Like one day it's like, why, why don't we have our, our own cigar? Yeah, that, that was mine. And for a long time I had told my father, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Now let me back up a little bit. In 2005, they, my, my dad and my uncle um, tried a brand called Cuevas Habanos, which is now the Cuevas Reserva. Okay. Way, I think you're smoking. So that's a grandfathered product. And they tried it, of all places, Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri, we have a cousin there named Ivan Cuevas. And uh, he tried to push the line. Listen, it, it went nowhere, and it's not on him. It's just a really tough thing to do. So you fast forward that to when I got into the industry with my father, and I said, really, we need to come out with something. And then the FDA stepped up, and he either do it now or never do it which by the way hasn't happened but we thought that was going to be the end. so we went ahead and we came out with uh the cosplayers i wanted my name on it i everything we have always has our name on it because i like that people if they like our product and something else new comes out then they're equating the name with the other product that they smoked before now if, if they don't like any of our stuff and something comes out it can hurt you but i like to think that there's something in our repertoire that's for someone, yeah, for, everyone. for everyone. So we did it that way. We came out first with Casa Queens, which is not grandfathered. And then 
we came out with the Reserva line, which is a grandfather product. So I did the inverse. I did it the other way around. That was just my my idea of marketing, and, and, it, and it worked out. Um, so here we are. So yeah, the, the whole brand thing has been has been pretty much my my baby. It is my baby. All right, so so Alec, uh, working in the lounge. Um, so so you made made uh, you guys make cigars for Gurkha. Um, um, do you ever take it to heart sometimes, and especially in some of these groups, Gurkha gets a really bad rap, you know, and it's uh, and it sucks because I, I tell everybody, and and I you know at the very beginning, you know, it, I remember reviewing the Gurkha Ghost, and I remember saying at the very beginning of that cigar, hey, this is a cigar I'm gonna hate. I hadn't even lit it up yet. I'm gonna hate it. Everybody hates Gurkha but we'll see how bad this cigar is. And I loved it. It was a fantastic cigar. Now, Gurkha has, you know, you, like Rocky Patel, an infinite number of, of skews, yeah. you know, so some I like, some I don't. But you guys ever take that to heart when it's like, when you hear that, you know, online? Oh, no, not at all. Uh, it's one of those things where, for example, when I was working at Neptunes, where a lot of individuals that would come in and they'd ask for recommendation. A lot of them were experienced smokers, but wanted to pick up something new. To which I'd run them through the gamut. But have you tried? Have you tried all of Altadis' stuff? So you've had all the Monte Cristo, Vivas, okay, and so forth. All right, so how about this? How about that? And when it would get to Gurkha, a lot of them would be like, oh, no, I wouldn't. Because, frankly, I just, I, I'm I'm abhorred by them. I, they're just not up my alley. I, I find them disgusting and what the case would be. Taking, it's a big notion, and I think my father and I have talked about this a lot, where criticism is important. Like I said, we are the complaints department as well. So in regards towards Gurkha's product and everything else, yes, there's not there's a definitely a bad rep behind it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that every cigar that they make is terrible. Well, and and, and piggybacking on Alec, um, keep in mind that whenever we make a cigar for anyone, that individual is the one who chooses yeah. that blend. Um, yeah. you, you follow me, yeah? So yeah, yeah. The blends are put out there, sheeps are put out there, Matildas are put out there, et cetera, et cetera. And then that particular company chooses whether they're going to go with this or that. And it may be something that I don't necessarily care for. Although I'm very fond of the Cell Reserve. Just, I'm a big fan of the 15. But aside from that, notwithstanding that, we didn't create that necessarily. Um, we, we gave a whole slew of different blends. And ultimately, the higher-ups chose. And then we just go with it. So I can come out with a cigar made for you and... I really don't like it, but you like it, and that's what I'm going to make. And then my aim is to make it as consistent as possible to what your flavor profile, when you chose it, was. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't take offense to it, and I'll, and I'll tell you what, I, I don't, because a, it's it's just a phenomenal company, and and b, they sell a hell of a lot of cigars, <laughs> yeah. millions of cigars for these people. They're going somewhere, um, you know. They keep ordering, and we are beyond busy with the amount of cigars that they order so i i don't know somebody out there likes them a lot so hey, that, that, that's that's what i always come back with you know that they, they ever said they make bad cigars i go how are they still making a million of them if they're you know if they're if they're and they're not cheap they're not they're not cheap they're not like they're making three dollar cigars you know they're so not. so the cheap guys are buying them that they they are you know not expensive but they are you know on par with everything else yeah. you know um yeah, you know, yeah, out there. So that whole front office, all of it, they're, they're all phenomenal, phenomenal people. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to, to be able to, to do business with them. I really am. So, so when you decided you wanted to make your own cigar, so how long was that, was that process from when you went to your dad, you know, Hey, we should make our own cigar 
to when you had a, a box of them, you were ready for sale. Like this is our final product. What was the time frame on that? In months, months. It, it, it took a long, long, long time. Um, uh, first the smoking and developing the blend. So part of what we wanted to do was make sure we didn't come out with something that tasted like anything else we've done before, um, which is kind of hard to do. It can only fix so many leaves inside of a, a scar. Yes. Uh, but um, we, we tried to do that, and it, it took a really long time. Uh, the, the packaging itself, Umberto Arias from Cigar Package Design, is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, just brand is the one that came out with the art and whatnot and the reason i tapped umberto to do our stuff was because i know he had done stuff for other brands uh namely Tarania's when i first met him um when we were doing a lot of stuff for Tarania, we were at, at their booth in the ipcpr years ago so even that development um was time consuming uh, what what do we want and what do we want the brand to represent uh and then the, the, the blend itself, I mean, we smoked and smoked and smoked and smoked uh, <laughs> so many different blends. It was, it becomes work. I mean, really, you start sweating, uh, you know, it's weeks on end. And we kept flying back to the DR and keeping and going and going and going. So it was a long process. It, it, months, months, literally. Um, I, yeah. I, I can I can only imagine. Uh, so so you you have a lot of tobacco. Uh, I mean, you know, with making for other companies, I'm saying you have a lot of tobacco at your disposal. Were yeah. you were you using the the tobacco already that's going into your cigar, or or, or did you really want to go out and maybe find something that you weren't using yet? Well, even yeah. For example, the Maduro. Uh, the Maduro at that time we're using Arapiraca a lot, Cubra a lot, um, Indonesian tobacco a lot, Sumatra so forth. So our Maduro is a Mexican San Andres, which is now everywhere. But oh, yeah. My, my dad was really reluctant to use it. I remembered that back in the 90s, um, my father had and my uncle had made a cigar with a San Andres. And I don't remember the, the name of the brand at that point. It's a brand that's died out since. But that stuck with me. So... I remember driving over to the Olivas in Tampa, and they had San Andres. Um, and so I shipped just a few leaves over to my father. He wrapped the cigars with them, and he fell in love with them, and off we went. So we were using a wrapper that wasn't used in other circumstances. Um, okay. The Patrimonio, we're using some Peruvian tobacco. Um, we're, we're using an Honduran Corojo, which we haven't done for anyone else before. So... Yeah, we, the idea is to try to get stuff that we haven't used for other folks a little bit out of our comfort zone, and uh, and see what see what works. Uh, you know, it, it's it's very difficult. Um, it's very difficult because again, tobacco doesn't come from the moon. Everybody has access to pretty much the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, and you can only put so many leaves uh, again inside one of these things before you plug it up. So it, it, it's a bit of a game. Um, so anyway, it, it's 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 a fun. It's a fun ride, but a difficult one at that. And then ultimately you, you come out with something and Alec likes it. I like it. My father likes it. A couple of my friends that sample the stuff may like it. And you you go all in and you're hoping that the rest of America or the world likes it. Well, that, that's a hell of a crapshoot. <laughs> you know? That, that, that it is. Alec, have you, have, you, uh, have you got any blends? Like you're down at the factory. You're like, 
talking to one of the rollers, like you give them like a secret recipe, like, Hey, make me a couple of these. Are you, have, have you tried that? You know? And then you're like, well, this is horrible. <laughs> you know, given some thought behind it, I'm just very reluctant to. Um, and the reason being was because we also have a cigar called La Mandaria. At the time it was a special edition limited stick. Uh, and then it just became full on production. That cigar was one of the very first times that I had the pleasure of blending with my father and my grandfather. It was, give or take, about a four-day process. And we went through, I want to say, like 36 different blends. But we did it in four days, though. Yeah, we did it in four days. I, I, I don't know how you guys do that. It was it was insane. And, and then my grandfather would then grab his notepad. And I like my grandfather just due to the notion that he has a very old-fashioned way of doing things. He's always been a pen and paper type of guy. So he'll do percentages and he'll mark up. And, he'll, and looking at all that and then smoking everything that we were smoking and the slight differences, some of them were much better than others. Some of them were just uh, completely just out of our wheelhouse. Doing all of that just kind of made me reluctant at that point in time because I, I have thought of kind of coming together with my grandfather and being like, okay, I kind of wanted to do something with, you know, a particular blend that we haven't ever come out with before. Something just brand new from the repertoire, uh, similar to like the Patrimonio, for example. But that was all three of us. If it was something that pertained to me, per se, I think I'd have to spend a couple more years smoking cigars before I could really choose what blend uh, I'd like he, coming out. He's selling himself short. He, he, could, he could do it now. He could do it now. <laughs> my, my, my dad really defers to, to Alec a lot for the flavor profiles of anything we come out with. Um, he has a really good palate. He has a really, really, not because he's my kid and not because he's next to me, but he's got a really good palate. Uh, he does a good job. So you, you could do that now. You could it's, do that it's, now. Little, yeah, and, 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 and I'm like your grandfather. And my wallet has a built-in pen and, uh, and notepad. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm still, I mean, we have our phones, we have everything. And I, and I still take little notes and, and leave myself little sticky notes everywhere. And I'm, I'm a note and, and, and pen kind of guy as, as well. So definitely. So, so 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 maybe someday you know you know we'll, we'll see a blend. Have you guys ever worked with uh, which everybody in, in the in the chat panel knows you know? And I ask everybody this, but what about what about Candela? Have you guys ever worked with? Um, are you have you ever worked with that on on any of your no companies? I, I, I've smoked now three of them. I think I smoked my second, no, my third one, ever, um, at the TPE recently, and, yeah. and it was given to me. I could not get through it. Now I was given one. Uh, Oscar Valladares does one where it's like a barber pole. So the yeah, yeah. is, yeah. And, and that one was very, very, very good. Uh, Corey Frisbee gave me that cigar and I really thoroughly enjoyed it, but I was given a full on Candela buddy. No, I, I just, I can't, it, it's really not. No, I'm, I'm not coming out with a Candela ever and nor am I coming out with a 70 or an 80 gauge or anything. Oh God. So, uh, yeah, unequivocally, no. And, and if I missed a boat on that one, well, the boat's gone. <laughs> no, no, no you, you, you definitely you definitely didn't miss. But, but I mean, that would definitely be a, a cigar your father and grandfather is, is definitely familiar with, you know, up until the 60s. You know, that was that was everything. Alec, what, what are your thoughts on, you know, uh, Candela's? Have you, you know, being at, at Neptune, did you did you smoke through some Candela's or what are your thoughts on them? There were a few candelas that they had over there at Neptunes. The one that, to me, I can think right off the top of my head was one of Arturo Fuentes. Uh, and I'm forgetting the name of that stick. It was literally called the Candela Arturo Fuentes. Yeah, Candela. It was, it was the, yeah, the 858. Yeah, they had the, 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 the Fuente 8. That, that's the quintessential candela, the, the Fuente 858. So, you know, in regards towards that type of tobacco, I wouldn't say it's up my palate. Now, 
when I smoked the Arturo Fuentes, at that point in time, it was when I just recently jumped into Neptunes. It was one of the first things that they had on the wall, so I was still very much on mild palate. Um, now, my first cigar when I started off, like I said, was a Maduro, but I kind of wanted to see what the lighter side of things had to carry, because there are phenomenal light cigars out there. And I remember that cigar being extremely smooth, but for me, it just lacked something, and I couldn't put my finger on what it was. I remember I came home the day I smoked it, because I would always tell my father every day coming from work what I smoked and what I enjoyed, what I didn't, what was interesting about the blend and so forth. And I remember telling him that the stick was good. It was just, I, there was something there that I, I wanted and I didn't quite know what it was. I wouldn't say that Candela is something that I'd consider a go-to, but most definitely, and I'm sure this applies for most individuals, if you are handed that free Candela cigar, chances are you're going to smoke it. <laughs> you're, you're, you're definitely going to smoke it. Now, I know you guys are still new, a couple years old. Um, any thoughts of doing like collaborations, you know, which is, which you, I, I, you already make cigars for other people, but you, you ever want to cut, you know, like a, like a Fuente or a Drew Estate or wh whoever, you oh, know, I mean, if, I, if I had a, a, you know, a choice right now, I'd, I'd love to do something with Eric Espinosa. Um, you know, we're friends and, and Jack and whatnot. That'd be kind of cool. But yeah. Collaborations are always something that I think would be interesting to do. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm open to the idea. So I'm definitely open yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. We're both on the same boat there. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Eric's a great guy. And, and, and you got the end with, with Jack over there. So it's like, Jack, you know, let, let's, you know, let, let, let's do something. So, right. Um, and, and, and Eric also is just a phenomenal friend as well. So I, I think it'd be, it'd be a cool thing. I'm not, I'm not throwing that out there because I want, you know, I'm not, I'm not enticing it to do anything. <laughs> ask the question. So, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. The, the answer is yes. The answer is yes. So, so, um, uh, you, you do a lot of, like you said, small, small runs for, you know, cigar shops and, you know, uh, other, other groups and brand owners. Um, have you seen like an influx? Cause I, I talk to brand owners all the time. And since the FDA has kind, kind of relaxed a little bit, you know, for now, you know, are, are you seeing an influx of people wanting, you know, to wanting to get in and being brand? Cause for a couple of years and it was like, everybody was scared, you know, but everybody was terrified yeah there, there's there's a boom there's a cigar boom coming um it, it's it's here uh and 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 you know when we really notice it and i can speak to my fellow manufacturers in in nicaragua especially in honduras i don't have that many connections but in nicaragua i certainly know a lot of folks who manufacture cigars there's a shortage of rollers and in santiago for example dominican republic which is where we're at damboril uh which is maybe 10 15 minutes away another big tobacco haven for lack of a better term um every home's a factory now there's factories popping up everywhere so a lot of um small places are grabbing four rollers and four bales and and they're going to town so there, there's there's a movement i think 2020 weirdly enough created a lot of alcoholics and, and a lot of cigar smokers <laughs> right uh yeah, people people were home and they were drinking and smoking, and that's it's kept on going. Uh, so, yeah, and then all of a sudden, as a result of that, I'm having now brands that hadn't ordered anything in a long time. Bowtie hadn't ordered in a long time. Um, Atomic. Atomic had an opener. I mean, all of a sudden, they're placing their orders, and they're, they're pretty decent orders. So they're they're jumping back in. I think they they, they smell the blood of the water. Yeah, there's there's a resurgence going on. Um, I just hope, I just hope that we don't have that crappy product that was popped out in the nineties where every cigar oh, man. 
oh, it was just junk. And uh, if if we stay true to what uh, what it should be, I think we're going to have a good time for cigar smokers. I still think right now it's a great time for cigar smokers. There's a lot, a lot of good stuff out there. Not just my stuff. There's a lot of really good cigars out there. It's a great time to be a smoker. Oh, it definitely is, and uh, and a lot of and speaking of a lot of great stuff. So, so I lit up your uh, um, uh, the Casa Cuevas, uh, uh, Connecticut. Um, how did how did you not get this? You know, Connecticut's typically when, whenever I say to anybody, you know, um, uh, the cigar it's a, it's got that Connecticut sour. It doesn't even have to be a Connecticut. I can say it's got that Connecticut sour. People know what I'm talking about. This cigar doesn't have that Connecticut sour. How did you? What what, what is this cigar? I, I you know. 99.9% they all they all have the sour. I'm going to give you a secret of the trade here. Um, we use uh, a bit of Colombian tobacco in it. And Colombian tobacco offsets the sour. So okay. that's the answer. Yeah, um, it, it just does. And and we use Colombian in a lot of stuff. A lot of people don't. I'm a huge fan of it. Uh, it, it takes off the bitterness that you get on a lot of wrappers. Um and that seems to be the the cure for that ailment. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, that, that's that's a name I haven't heard of a, a, a lot. Maybe, God, maybe only one or two other people. You just don't hear Colombian tobacco. It's um, are 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 they known for cigar? You know, tobacco, yeah. or are they are they doing tobacco for other? Yeah, they they just they, and their tobacco is is kind of odd, right? So normally everybody's familiar with the Hero and Seco and wrapper and binder and blah 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 blah. And you get different cuts from the plants. Well, Colombian tobacco, when you when you purchase it, it's one flavor profile all the way through. Um, so that's why it's not really, I don't know, I mean, a pronounced tobacco. Um, you, you wouldn't, for example, uh, a Colombian pearl would probably taste like awful. It, it, it wouldn't be very good. However, be. you blend it with something else and it serves its purpose. We're talking about half a leaf, right? But that's all yeah. you need. Uh, it's it's really an interesting tobacco. Uh, as, but the same way as Ecuador doesn't really give you filler. That's worth a damn. I mean, nobody yeah. uses Ecuadorian filler, but Ecuadorian wrappers are everywhere. Uh, so, you know, Ecuadorian Habano, Ecuadorian Connecticut, and so forth. Uh, it just. I, I I I didn't know nobody used Ecuadorian filler. I just because you always hear Ecuadorian tobacco. I, I didn't know that they, they don't use it as filler. Everybody's using it for – now, there may be people out there using it. I'm not saying it can't be done. But for the most part, hell, I haven't heard anyone doing it. Um, everybody's using it as rapper. Yeah. Just rapper. Rapper, 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 rapper. It is God's country for rapper. It falls under the notion of it being more so the additive rather than – Oh, I think you got. I think are you are you still there? You, you froze up for a second. But oh, I think you. I think you guys froze up. All right. I don't, I don't know if you guys can still can still hear me. 
it's a uh, you got you guys froze up on the Ecuadorian uh, 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 tobacco. So if it, I don't try, try logging out and then coming back. Oh, there you go. Oh, are you there? Okay. There we are. All right. So 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 we got you. I'm sorry. So so you're talking about Ecuadorian tobacco. Yeah, and Ecuadorian tobacco really is known for its wrapper. Ecuador is known for its wrapper. Uh, really, filler it doesn't seem to be a thing. I, I, I've never been to a uh, purveyor because you know I don't know if folks out there know, but when we buy tobacco, it's like going through these huge Costco-like areas where you're walking in and you say, "I'd like Sumatra, or I'd like Colombian, or I like Peruvian, or I like Nicaraguan, I'd like this, I like," and they have everything. Um, nobody ever asked for Ecuadorian filler. I just it's just not a thing. Um, maybe something. Okay, should- now, 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 now I kind of want to. Now I kind of want a cigar with Ecuadorian and Colombia as as the two main. Uh, you know, you know. Now I kind of want to know what that what that tastes like. It's giving me ideas now too. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And if, if it's never been done, who knows? It may be the world's greatest cigar. You know, you know, you never know. If we come out with a cigar called the Kevin, you know what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, um, a little bit earlier, we, we played in, uh, and, and I don't know, like I said, doing like some research, uh, uh, the name of your factory, the Las Lavas factory. Um, are you guys like at the foot of, I know you guys have volcanoes. Is that where the, uh, like some great story of lava field buried your farms? Is that where the. Uh, uh... No, that'd be awesome. <laughs> and, and I'd love to tell you that story, but it's not true. So it's the stupidest thing in the world. My father, <laughs> it's it's absurd. So, so my dad, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, <laughs> I hope he's watching this because dad screwed this up. So my dad goes, now that I'm on my own with me, I'm going to open up another factory. And the old factory with my uncle was called Cuevas y Hermanos, Cuevas and Brothers. It's no longer going to be called that. So he opens up a little tiny factory in a place called Las Lavas. And Las Lavas is so small. That if you're driving by and sneeze, you're through it. It's it's done. Yeah. It's nothing. It's a speck on the map. It's got like three houses. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's nothing going on there. So the damn thing is called Las Lavas, so you called it Las Lavas. So we were all putting our heads together, my mom, my daughter, my son, myself, up friends of mine, coming up with really cool names for the factory. My my dad, I said, I mean, my <laughs> wife, I mentioned you. My, my we He bust out with Las Lavas. And here we are with Las Lavas. Now, the factory is nowhere near Las Lavas, and it's still called Las Lavas. So I, I, I don't know what to say. It's awful. It's that awful. was a uh, that was like the I, I don't I don't know if I've ever heard a story like that with like no name, no nothing. I I, I just imagine this cool volcano. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Negatives. I wish that'd be great. That'd yeah. be great. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I, yeah, that that would be great. And then uh, uh, going back to that video again, um, one thing that that, that, I've, that I've always wanted to know, but I've really never asked. Um, you had someone using a draw tester machine. So are um, are all cigars coming through your factory draw tested, or is it just the the Casa Cuevas? Oh no, every single one. So every so single. so so every one. So so I was hoping you would say that. And um, so my answer or question. Is there an industry standard on a draw, or is it like each one of your blends um, produce a different draw? How do, how do you determine what's a good draw and what's a not on the machine? There's a standard, and it falls within a range. And I haven't been to the factory in over a year. 
um, because of the COVID thing. So it's been a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and I used to know the range, but there is a range and that's the industry standard that you fall within that particular range. And it doesn't matter what the blend is. Uh, it doesn't matter what the Vitola is. It doesn't matter. You're looking for that range. So these guys work in pairs. So I rule and Alec wraps. You're familiar with this. Yeah. yeah. So when roll, and I've got a tray of 10 cigars the 10 before Alec gets to wrap them goes through the draw master. The ones that do not pass muster because they are either plugged or perceived as plugged or they're too loose are discarded. So when Alec gets that tray back, he may only be getting, let's say seven cigars back out of the 10. Now he and I are only going to pay for seven, right? Yeah. Started have to be torn up and redone. Um, and so there's a standard that they fall within hell. There's a standard also with how much tobacco each roller is given and how many cigars are produced per the amount of tobacco that they're given according to weight. So there's also a standard on that too. So, uh, yeah, there's a science to all of it. It's it's actually very cool. Uh, Everything's given by weight. So at the end of the week, my father will look at every roller, find out how much tobacco he or she was given. And based on, the amount of tobacco per weight, what the yield was in terms of what they produced, that was viable. And if you fail that test too many times, then you no longer work with us. And that's just the way it works. Okay, so so you know how many cigars should be produced out of a given weight of tobacco. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think anybody's ever explained it like that before. And like I said, the, the draw, and I always wondered on the draw test, you know, it's like like this cigar should be a an eight, but this cigar should be a whatever it is. So okay, so there is an industry standard across the standard, standard, and, and still mistakes are made, right? For the, but a lot of times the mistakes are made when you rewrap. So uh, there, there's a a time when between the time the cigar is finished and it's beautiful and it's impeccable and it gets to packaging, sometimes the wrapper will rip. So at this at that point, what you do is you rewrap. But before you rewrap, you repress. In other words, you put it back in the press and you press again. Oh, okay. Or press them, then they become plugged. And that second go, when you're just rewrapping, those aren't put through the draw master. They were put through the first time, not the second time. Now, me, that's something we should probably change. Yeah. Come to think of it. Um, and, and it's just a matter of, of time. There's not enough time, but I, I think that should be done. But a lot of times what will happen is it gets repressed. And when it gets pressed way too much, it will plug up. So originally, okay. second time around, because it spent too much time in press, it's not good. Um, and that's unfortunate, but it does happen. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so obviously not every factory uses a draw tester because you because you guys especially alec you know working in the retail smoke some and it's like a giant straw you know it's yeah. like it's like it just comes through i'm like what is going on with this thing you know and, and it burns like that and, and and it could be that their 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 standard is much lesser or they don't want to put that much tobacco within the cigar because uh, you know it costs them too much money i, I don't know I, I don't know or it also could be that they are producing so many more cigars than they have time to test that they just don't get a chance to test it. We're not there and we never will be. I mean, we, we have four of the testers, um, by the way, they're made in way across Georgia and they have the corner on the market. They, uh, it's, I am tech 
they are the only company that I know of in the world that produces draw masters. So God bless them. Well, you know, and, 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 and it can't be that. I wonder what else they produce because every draw tester I've ever seen looks like it's a hundred years old. Like, yeah. like you can't like, like you, there's probably not a lot of moving parts. You guys bought four and then it's like, all right, I will never do business with your company again. I have my, <laughs> I have my four, you know, so it's not, not like they're going to break. No, they, 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 uh, things go wrong with it, but you get the, 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 the parts and then you, and the parts are much more inexpensive than the actual machine. And then you can just keep going. But yeah, they're, they're a huge company. They do other things. This is something that just fell upon and they just happened to do this as a side, right? Um, it's not, I don't think it's our bread and butter. I'm speaking for these guys. I don't know, but I, I, I've been on their site when I first discovered who they were and were the only ones. Um, and they do a lot of other things besides draw masters. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I go through Georgia every now I'm going to, I need to stop by this fact. I need, I need to see how I'm going to be the first guy that does a video on how a draw tester is made. If you, if you would do that, I'd like to see it. <laughs> I, guess you know, I, I think, I think it would be awesome. So I'm definitely going to have to, definitely going to have to look at that. Super damn nice. They're very, very nice. So, so right, right on. Um, what, what are, other than not getting down to the factory, um, for the last year, you know, due, due to COVID, um, what other like um, constraints has, has COVID placed on your, you know, obviously everybody, like you said, everybody's smoking more. Um, so, I mean, everybody's consuming every brand uh, owner that, I, that I've talked to yet uh, on the show and off said sales are through the roof, you mm -hmm. know, um, but, uh, but they miss other aspects, you know, um, what have been, you know, is it new blends that you guys haven't been able to put out? Or, you know, what have been some, some, the tribulations of, of COVID. Well the, the, well, the thing I missed the most was the travel. I mean, part of what sells Casa Cuevas is cars have to stand on their own, but we have to get out there and meet people and introduce ourselves to them and talk about the family and really have them get to know the folks behind the brand. Um, that, that ended abruptly during COVID. So we were doing kind of what we're doing now. Uh, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't translate. Well, this helps, but it's not the same as when you're doing an event with individuals and they step up, they're smoking the cigar in front of you, and they're telling you the notes they're picking up, what they like, what they don't like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that was an issue. And we ran into issues, obviously, oh, yeah. March and April, where the factory was shut down. We couldn't get any products. Then we ran out of the product we had in stock. Then we couldn't get any boxes. It was just one thing after another. And, uh, it became a nightmare. It was, uh, it was, it was yeah. a nightmare. But I think the thing we miss the most is the travel. Oh, truth be told. Yep. Yep. Oh, exactly. And you mentioned like like notes and stuff like that. Um, um, do you guys do you guys blend and do you guys talk about you know because like I first started as a cigar reviewer, so we always talk about notes of this, notes of that. Do you guys ever delve into that when you're testing cigars? Do you asking, hey, what are you getting? I'm getting chocolate. I'm getting leather. I'm getting it. Because I, I would say probably 90% of the brand are they're like, we, we don't talk about that. We, and, we don't talk about that at all. We don't. We like it or we don't like it. If, is it bitter? Is it too spicy? Does it die out halfway through the cigar and you're not getting any more flavor notes in it? Does it transition? Eh, that's about it. Um, no, I, I don't do the leather, coffee, <laughs> chocolate thing. I wish I no no I, I don't either no yeah not. and my dad certainly does not uh, oh yeah no, no, none of the old guys no none of them do like I said it's like you know it's like hey I get a lot of I get a lot of chocolate when I'm smoking you're like yeah you're dumb um, but uh, 
So, um, uh, but yeah, I, I'm assuming Alex, you know, in the, in the retail side has probably heard a lot of that, you know, I'm looking for a, cause I get it all the time when someone asks me for a cigar, like, Hey, I'm looking for something that's got a little chocolate. It's got a little graham cracker. It's got this. And they're like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't keep those kind of notes. <laughs> yeah, I don't that's either. If they do end up, uh, there were a few occasions in which you'd have those, uh, the people that I consider just experienced smokers that could find those notes. But frankly speaking, like my dad said, it's whether it's too spicy, too bitter, if it's a full stick, if you, uh, like, let's say uh, there's a term chest kicker, you know, like really strong cigars. I'm familiar with that. But when they would come in and be like, hey, do you have anything that takes, you know, blueberry notes, something with like some interesting mango? I'd, <laughs> I'd always ask is, are you, are you talking about flavored cigars or yeah. Yeah. You know, natural cigars or premium, you know, like what, what is up your palate? Um, there were a lot of individuals that pick up that taste. Actually, we were at an event not too long ago and somebody helped put this into perspective for us in which it's not necessarily that they taste the, the you know, the rich Corinthian leather in a cigar, <laughs> but more so the fact that it gives them the sensation or reminds them. It's the first thing that comes to their mind when you're smoking the cigar. So that kind of helps kind of put it a little bit more into perspective but even then i've never had a cigar and thought right off the bat i never thought right off the bat that a cigar tasted like i don't know corn or you know some some crazy analogy you'd like to go on ahead and put it towards you know yeah you know uh, and and i'm i'm super impressed you you know what rich corinthian leather you know that just that <laughs> phrase oh you're way too young to know what rich Corinthian father, leather. Come on, my father will come on. That's the thing. Like, okay, so rich Corinthian leather. Yeah. Ever since young age, my father, like, ever heard of this? And to which I would be like, no, I, you know, clearly I haven't. I'm just waiting. like, don't worry, I will definitely show you this, and then he'll show me the videos. I've seen so many old school videos at this point that I, at this point, I'm just using the analogies based off. He's seen Experience. the commercial, the Rinchko. Oh yeah, leather. yeah. It's, it's okay, not. so okay. I I love I loved when you said that. That just made that just made me feel you know you know not so old I guess you know to where you know, uh, yeah. Cause, cause I I I I spend a lot of time on TikTok, so it's like and so some of these younger younger people that they're they're pronouncing you know like these names or they're talking about something like what is this and I'm like ah, I feel so old. You know, because um, they, they don't know they don't know what that is. So, so I love that. So, um, how how is the business doing now, Lewis? Um, are are you are you at where you thought you would be? You know, it, um, even with with COVID, are, I mean, are you you know, you still have your your timetable of, of where your of where your company's at? Yes, I mean, um, I always thought going into it that it'd be a five-year venture before we were really where I wanted to be. And entering year four, I mean, from January on, we have been having a stellar year along with everybody else, I think, in the industry. Um, it, it's been going really well. So I, I think we are where we wanted to be. Um, and I think year five is going to be phenomenal as well. I mean, fingers crossed. Knock on wood, right? Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy where we are, at, where we're at right now. It's always been a marathon for us um, that earlier. I knew that. Um, but year four started off going just gangbusters. It's been a phenomenal year. And we, we, com we always compare numbers from year one, quarterly, and so forth. I mean, every company probably does that. Yep. We're just blowing it out of the water right now, and we're thrilled. And we're thrilled, yeah. 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 
so so tell us uh so oh are you guys going to pca you guys that, that coming up you know what it's, it's a good question uh we we were the answer is yes and no so we were and i'll explain we were at tpe now in may and i had a booth as i mentioned back in pca in 2019 when uh ipcpr or uh yeah it was ipcpr yeah. um my thinking was a company as small as mine in may when we went into tpe if i set up a booth now at pca as well um it's going to be much much more expensive because it just is oh yeah I'm going to get a lot of repeat customers that came in May that are going to visit me now in July and haven't gone through the product they bought in May. Hell, a lot of them pre-ordered Patrimonio and in July it won't be ready. So what am I possibly going to do there to justify that, that investment? So what I'm going to be doing at PCA, because I am a member, um, I'll be showing up in the morning. I will, for the first time, and as long as I can remember, walk around and, and say hello, not take any orders, out of respect for my fellow manufacturers who have booths, because I already had my there, uh, and just kind of, you know, partake in the festivities to some degree. I won't be there very long, a couple of hours, and I'll go back. Uh, actually, I'm going with my wife. Uh, Alex is going to be staying behind. So I'll, I'll be there, but I won't be there, only because, for me, a company my size, you're too close together. Now... If 2022 comes through the way it should, and they've announced TPE January and yes. July, then I will be at both with a booth at both. Yeah. Um, but right now, so close together, I just don't think the monies that I would spend to be at PCA with a legitimate booth, uh, I, I don't think I would get that money back. So Because I'm going to get visited by folks who said, Listen, I just bought 30 boxes from you or 40 or whatever the hell it was in May. The product's moving well. Uh, call me in about a month or two. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just too close. Oh, and that and that's what I find with a lot of my friends that own shops. They, they had to make the, the choice. It was now some are going to both yeah. you know, just because yeah. they want to meet meet people because some people, you know, are going to be at PCA that wasn't at TPE and vice versa. You know, yeah. they had to make that choice too, being so close together. You know, because for a shop that's got it, potentially, you know, th these people have only, you know, a mom and pop running it. So to close yeah. down for a couple of days or try and find help and then, you know, spend a couple thousand dollars to go to one event. And then a month later, spend a couple thousand dollars to go to another event. It just doesn't it doesn't make sense because like I said that they most likely bought everything at TPE anyways. So so nobody's going to have any sales. And I, and I don't, you know, uh, uh, we, we went all in with TPE and, and we launched Patrimonio as a new line. We hadn't had a new line since 2019. So um, I don't have a new line to come out now in July for PCA. And that's the first question people ask. What's new? Even oh, yeah. About what's new? People that, uh, you know, are doing uh, interviews. What's new? Well, I have nothing new. What you interviewed me for back in <laughs> May, what I have now in July it's just too close. Again, moving it into 2022, absolutely. I'll have something in January. We know exactly what we're launching in January, and we know exactly what we're going to be doing in July. That's far removed enough so that from a small business perspective, it makes sense. If I had really deep pockets, I'd be at both. But listen, I mean, um, I, I don't. So we are... We, we've got we to gotta put our eggs in one of the two baskets. And for me and, and for Alec, TPE made sense. 
and and it, it was a good show. And and by the way, it was so cool to see people again. I hadn't seen people in a year and a half, yeah. right? uh, and and people in the industry. So, had we not sold a single cigar at TPE, I still would have been thrilled because I saw a lot of my friends in the industry, shop owners, folks that that I hadn't seen in so long. It was so so cool, so cool. Oh yeah, you know, and and that's a um um I, I talking with, with Saka, you know, and that's one of his biggest complaints he has someone will be smoking a new cigar that that that, that you had and it's like hey so, so what do you guys got new coming out the cigar you're smoking that that's what's new you know everybody even as cigar smokers we ask the same thing hey what do you guys got new you know well you're smoking my new cigar yeah i know that but what do you got new coming out what do you got here <laughs> yeah what do you got what do you got new? local shops in miami all the time and it gives our backyard and uh they know us they support us and they ask so what's new so what's new <laughs> Well, Christ's sake, enjoy the one you're smoking right now. That's new, right? I mean, come yeah. on. So, so, so tell us a little bit about this new cigar you know, that you guys got that you released at uh, um, um, TPE. Well, you know, Alec, you know what? Go, go to the humidor and get one with the band on it. Um, we, um, we wanted to come out with something that um, represents, again, everything that has to do with us. It's all family. So even if you look at the bands that we have from the Coraline bands, It'll have four stars, which represents the four generations, and it has three country seals on the side. And you've got Spain, where my great-grandfather's from. you got Cuba, where I was born, in the DR. Look at our reserva line, the blue one. I think I yep. have Central Maduro from the, yep. the reserva line. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, now you got five stars. So that represents Alec, the fifth generation. And oh, look got, at that. Yeah. Got the U.S. seal on the side because Alec was born in Miami, Florida, U.S. of A. So patrimonio means a lineage that's handed down paternally. So from the male side. Yeah. Great father was in the industry, grandfather, my dad, myself, Alec. So it made sense. So first of all, that's how the name came up. And by the way, this is what the band will look like. Now, Cigar Rings was kind enough to supply us with about 20 of these bands that we were able to show folks. But the one I'm smoking over here has no band because we don't have these in production, only 20 of them. <laughs> but we got plenty of cigars because I have a factory. But anyway, yeah. uh, um, so when we came up with Patrimonio, we wanted to come out with something that was different from anything else we'd done before. And we used a Corojo wrapper. I mentioned that earlier. We haven't used that ever before we use Peruvian tobacco we've used in the past but not in our line so we have to be in there. um and then the blend itself you got nicaraguan pennsylvanian uh, dominican tobacco of course dominican republic so th the idea was come out with something that's out of our flavor flavor profile and see what happens and so far i mean it was really well received um i love them my my dad likes them now, and initially he did initially not. He, he did yes. not. Uh, and I go, pops, we, we can't we can't come out with stuff that fits your flavor profile all the time. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It don't work that way, dad. Uh, so anyway, so here we are. But we're really proud of the project. It's it's a beautiful when it comes out, right? It's going to be a beautiful box. Uh, the 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 band is beautiful. The story behind it is really cool, and. You know, we'll, we'll see if it's if it's well received. Again, it's something we liked. We went through eleven blends, yeah. not that many, but we went through eleven blends, and it was 
back and forth. Normally, we'd be at the factory for a couple of weeks, Alec and I, with my dad, and we just smoke through. This time, my father would blend. He'd come to the States. We'd smoke. We'd take notes. Go back. Blend. Come back to the States. Smoke. Take notes. And that's the way we did it. Um, and then here we are. So, so any, uh, are, are you going to do a flip side of that on the, uh, so you got the, the paternal side, uh, the, like the maternal side, well, that, well you know, <laughs> my, my wife's over here chomping at the bit. Yeah. <laughs> eventually we will. Um, and, and maybe if my daughter would smoke a darn cigar, it'd be, re- it'd be a lot easier. Right. Cause then yeah, the, the circle would come in full. Hell, my mom at 79 picked up cigars last year. So get, get out at 79. 79. She finally smokes these little tiny cigars my dad makes for her. Uh, they're four and a half by what, 38. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but she's smoking. So, yeah, the maternal line is almost there if I can get my daughter to smoke a damn cigar. And, and, that, and that's a good size. I like that little uh, four and five by 38. That's a, sometimes that's a great little size of a cigar. You know, people love that quick, quick little smokes, you know, so... You, you never know that that, that 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 could be one of those you know that that takes off. You just never know. You never know. I mean, the, the sledgehammer was everybody's familiar with the story. It was La Mandaria yeah. was born um, because we had that break into the factory, the, the warehouse here in Miami, rather, where they used the sledgehammer to break in through the wall and then they cut through the humidor and they wiped us out. Um, so that was right. That was February of 2019. We had the IPCPR in July of 2019, and in order to recoup some of the costs, we were uninsured at the time. In order to recoup, recoup some of those costs, we came out with La Mandaria, which is sledgehammer in Spanish. Yeah. Um, it was created in just a couple of days, four days. Four days. And um, it's it's been a, a phenomenal hit. I mean, it's now full-on production. So you never know. You never know. It was supposed to be limited edition. turned out to be full-on production. Who knew? It, exactly. Was- and, and, that, and that story resonates with me. You know, because like I said we're, we're getting ready to put on a uh, another addition on. The, we're going to put on like a 540 square foot cigar lounge on the house. I mean, dedicated lounge, new cool. studio. Very we're cool. think we're thinking about putting a, a, a small walk-in humidor. We're, we're looking at the plans, and like Jessica wanted to put it like in this corner, and I go, "No way, man!" I go, "That's on the outside wall." I go, "What if they get in? What if they smash through the uh, the outside?" And she's like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "It's happened before. I'm telling you, you know." So, so now, now I'm like, if we're gonna do it, we got to put it on a different wall so they can't they can't get in because I don't want a big expensive you know security system. So, so that you know maybe there was a silver lining of that <laughs> of that happening. Yeah. I mean, who thinks like a thief except a thief? And and yeah, I, I I, we hadn't thought of now, of course. Within the within the humidor itself, there's sensors and all sorts of yeah. gadgets else. But uh, I never thought, how do you get to it if you don't go through the bay door, the front door, the back door? You know, rappel through the roof. I mean, something would have triggered. Well, these SOBs, you know, they bang through a wall and then cut through the humidor and never opened up the uh, the door to the humidor. So they just worked with impunity and wiped us out. Wiped us totally out. And it was all captured on film. It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. They never got caught, and and if you're familiar with this industry, I mean, this year La Galera was La hit. Was yeah. Also, Aladino was hit. In the past, uh, Drew Estate has been hit. Gurkha has been hit. Coot Cigars, they're not around anymore, but they were hit. Um, hell, the Fuentes truck was stolen famously. Oh, God. Infamously. Yeah. Uh, at, uh, so, and I still think it's the same dudes. It's got to be the same guys. Nobody ever gets caught. 
I, I don't know what the deal is. Exactly. And people always say, you know, talking about, um, you know, going to Miami, you can get, you know, you can get Cuban cigars for five dollars down there. And you're like, oh, you don't want to smoke those. I go, no, you want to buy those because those are the cigars that were stolen. You know, so they're, they're just putting Cuban bands. I go, if you if you get a, 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 a fake Cuban in Miami, you're probably getting a really damn good cigar, you know, because they're just stealing these cigars and they're just rebanding them with, with Cuban Cuban bands. I so, said, yeah, in Miami, buy the fake Cubans. You're probably getting a, you know, a, a Casa Cuevas. You're getting an Aladino. You're getting a good cigar. And, and, and by the way, I mean, it, let, let's be honest. In, in 2019, February, we've been in business for two years. So the brand did not carry any weight whatsoever. So clearly yeah. what they did with us, I mean, we, we're not Drew Estate. And, and we're certainly not Gurkha or any of these other big boys, right? So they stole our cigars to unband and reband. Oh, exactly yeah. Exactly what you That's what they did. That's what they did. Yeah, well, well, without a doubt. And then, um, so um, so people can find Casa Cueva cigars. So, so if you go to your website, you know, you've got a, you know, um, a finder where, where people can find find your cigars. Yeah. How, how did you, how did you get hooked up with, and I don't know if you know him, but I, I always call him Sweaty Pete. Uh, Pete Hernandez. Um, if you don't call him Sweaty Pete, if you call him that, he's gonna tell. He's gonna know who the hell uh, told you. He's like, hey, I don't like being called Sweaty Pete. You know, so uh, the guy sweats a lot. So uh, how did how did you get hooked up with Pete Hernandez? Oh, I've, I've, I've known I've known Pete for for years. Um, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a very small industry, and 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 Pete and Steve, uh, they're just phenomenal guys, and uh, we just. I mean, we've known each other for such a long time now that that that, that was not uh, a difficult thing. I mean, we we we've been friends for a very long time, and it's a very small industry. I think you know that. It's oh tiny. yeah, it's tiny. Oh, yeah, without a doubt, Alec. Next time, call him Sweaty Pete. Um, so uh, he he loves that name, by the way. Um, so <laughs> yeah. So uh, and then uh, Doge Father that that's on the chat tonight. Um, uh, uh, want to know where to find a cigar? Cigar bundles of Miami. Check them out. They got them in stock. Um, uh, or you can go to tobaccolocker.com. They have a huge online presence. Uh, uh, Doge Father, you can find that cigar there, and you can also find the the, the Casa Cuevas line of cigars. Uh, uh, Bill and Lynn. I don't know if you've been to their their shop here in oh. uh, Port Port Charlotte. Yep. So yep. Uh, uh, yeah, good good people. So, so they, they carry, they carry your, your whole, your whole line, but, but yeah, so you can go to, you can go in, in the show notes down below everybody. Um, and then everybody listening on the podcast in the future, um, everywhere we, where you can find Casa Cueva cigars online, Instagram, everywhere where they're at. So, so definitely, definitely check them out. And then, you know, if you guys are down in this area, you know, the Port Charlotte, Tampa area, you know, um, you know, definitely let me know. I like to hook up with you guys and have a cigar. Yeah, and, 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 and by the way, I mean, uh, that, uh, unfortunately, uh, we've got to revamp that, that website because it's not up to date. I mean, we are in a lot more places than what is represented there. That's about, Jesus, I would say about two years old at this point. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so my, my investment is revamping that entire website so that it actually represents all the places where we're at right now but even even during covid which is really kind of cool um our our um pr folks creativist group gabriel pinares um he's a phenomenal phenomenal just asset and uh 
he was able to somehow get us out to the point where we are now in the Congo, we're in the UK, we're in New Zealand, we're in Australia, we're in Switzerland. We're about to be, and hopefully it'll come out, in uh, Israel. So a a lot of that really came about because of 2020 and and social media. I mean, these folks reached out to us. We didn't reach out to them. And, you know, I've always been flattered by the idea that we are small company, but we're we're international. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like the third brand owner or factory owner that has talked about the Congo. You know, up until like six months ago, I did not know the Congolese people were cigar smokers. Like that, that is just, that's mind boggling. It is, it is, it is. Um, and, but we, we they are And uh, the gentleman's name, Muhammad Fawaz. And uh, he reached out to us and, you know, placed his order and uh, yeah, they're as legit as the chick comes. It's actually very interesting. Who knew? Who knew? Right. Um, I had no idea, but yeah. Basically. Yeah, because someone reaches out to me from the Congo and like, hey, I'd like to place a large order. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to need cash. I've heard <laughs> I, I've heard about these scams before where I send my product and then it, you know, it's a, it's a big scam. Like, yeah, no, you're not smoking in the Congo. You should have you should have picked a, a better place. But yeah, it's a uh, mind boggling. The Congo, you it's know, cool. it's you know cool. it, it, it's definitely definitely cool. So, uh, Lewis and uh, Alec, definitely thank you guys so much for coming on, spending a couple hours of your uh, of your Monday night with us. We definitely appreciate it. I appreciate you, and, and we're always flattered that you you even took the time to tap us for the show and and um, you know sharing uh, our family and our brand and our passion with you folks. It's it's been a it's it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure, time. and it's always a treat. And we're super humbled. We're always super humbled. Thank you. Thank oh, you. you're. You're you're quite welcome. So thank you very much. And you guys have a great evening. You do the same. Bye, everybody. Bye.